Summer is finally mercifully here, Manitoba. If you want to promote your band or your team or your business with some fresh gear this season, check out our friends at Divine Shirt Company. Supporting local business is more important than ever in these tough times. So get a made in Manitoba solution to your screen printing, embroidery, heat press vinyl, and graphic design needs over at divineshirtcompany.ca or on Instagram at Divine Shirts. And tell them which police radio sent you. Hot Goth Summerfest returns to the Blue Note Park for a second year, darker and louder than ever. Grab your tickets for Friday, August 11th at Blue Note Park for a stellar lineup with the Haley's, Poodle Paddle, Beth, and Akina. Also featuring a midnight set of industrial minimalist techno by Viva Non. Hot Goth Summer is supported by Little Brown Jug. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here with someone who is a returning guest uh, on the show. It's been a couple of years since you were last on here. And, uh, you know, the timing works out great because you have a new record out that uh, i got a lot of questions about and I'm sure you want to talk about. But uh, I think the first way, best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about who you are as an artist and what it is you do. Okay, well, thanks for having me again. I'm really excited to be back on Witch Police Radio. I'm Kitz Willman, originally from Treaty 6 in Saskatoon. Spent most of the last decade in Ontario, but I've been in in, uh, Winnipeg now since 2020. And I'm a producer, multi-instrumentalist, primarily drums and saxophone. Um, I started playing in hardcore bands, but for the last five, six years, I've been doing a solo project, which ventures into the world of primarily rap. So the thing we're going to talk about today is a a real hip-hop forward release, but um, there's a few different things that I do. Some very experimental sounds. The last one that we talked about, Royal Visit to Uranium City, is much more in that experimental realm. But yeah, yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell, I think. Well, that's that's uh, it's good that you mentioned that stuff because that's kind of where I wanted to start. Actually, your your new record, Grim Errands, is very different than than, than the last one that we talked about because, uh, like you said, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Royal Visit to Uranium City had a lot more kind of. Um, almost stream of consciousness, stream of consciousness style, uh, you know, avant-garde, experimental, whatever you want to call it, sounds. And this one is, this has some of that for sure, but it's definitely, I think on the whole, more of a hip-hop, hip-hop record, rather than mm-hmm. something that's, that's maybe a little more abstract, if that, if that makes sense. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, totally. And that was really the intention. Um, you know, if you keep swimming in the same pool, you figure it all out, and there's good things to figure out about that, you know? Um, here's the, the, this diving board has a bit more spring and this, you know, that the nail, the screws are loose on that ladder over there. Um, but I do like to, you know, give, give a bit of a different look every time. Uh, and so this one was a very concentrated effort to make my version of prairie rap music and the tradition of closed horse records, side road records, peanuts and corn, these kind of labels that we know and love out here in the prairies. 
Um, so part of that was a couple of the songs have some hooks to them, but not a lot of that. A bit more of, yeah, taking more time to write the lyrics, being intentional with that. And so I think the greatest difference between last album to this one is just making sure I have thought about every word and um, there's not so much left up for interpretation. Not that my lyrics aren't also a bit abstract as well. You know, it's always going to be a bit more um, opaque than your your even your Kendrick Lamar's or sure. Jay Z's of the world. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and this is much longer too. I mean, you, you, this is a pretty densely mm-hmm. packed. There's a lot of content on on this record. How long yeah. uh, was this in the works? Like, how long were you working on this project? Um, quite a while, and like the release of it was something that I really wanted to do differently and i tried to do you know how restaurants have a soft opening sure i wanted to do a soft release for this so the songs would go back to maybe the earliest ones being in fall of 2020 but definitely winter of 2021 was when i really kicked off putting these things together um and so there was a few different things i did one was putting out this CDR yeah. in May of 2021. You were one of the people that got them. Yeah, and yeah, so that had, too. I think, it had six songs that went on to be part of Grim Aaron's. Some of them not changed very much. Um, but so I really was trying to not be so precious with this release and not worry about the big drop date. Sure. So even as you're calling it a new record, it's funny because this other podcast, um, I'm not going to say it, but... They messaged me and they were like, hey, so because the streaming release says 2022, um, they view it as old and they only want to cover new music. And they're like, there's this other album I just put up on streaming, which we talked about in the last one where I do these Ukrainian folk songs. And they're like, is that one going to go up on Bandcamp? Because we really want to put Bandcamp links on our articles. And it's really fun for me to have that kind of interaction with the little bit of new uh music media that there is in canada that's paying attention to me so like you've known about this stuff um yeah from i think i i went through the dates so if may 7th 2021 was when i first put it out um like first showed some of it to people i love the the big wait until july 5th 2023 when it finally comes out on the cd but it's been available at my shows in april and stuff like that so it's been enjoyable to, you know, take a bit more of what we'd maybe consider like a, a pop approach to the music and having it be more palatable, um, even though, like you said, it's still dense. But then taking this other approach where rather than experimenting with the sounds so much, I'm experimenting with like the business side of what I'm doing as an artist. And I really it's really been super enjoyable um, to like have have this sort of existing alongside me while i'm still creating new things playing shows and you know not necessarily trying to mimic what someone with a lot of eyes on them is able to do you know yeah yeah i kind of like how you've subverted that because i think a lot of people we're in an era where you can really dictate how you want to release things and and when you want to release them and a lot of people are still kind of set in this rigid way of releasing music it has to come out on this date in every format it has to you know and and, Mm -hmm. and you're obviously playing with that because you don't need to do that. There's, there's no reason to um, in 2023 mm-hmm. way, based on the way people actually consume music for the most part. Totally. And one of the most fruitful things I found with this release is, so the, the CDRs would have been the first way they appeared. 
And then, so if that was May 7th, 2021, a year later in 2022, I uploaded the whole album to the internal music catalog thing of TikTok. Okay. So to me, that was kind of like, it's on the internet, it's available out there. Somewhere, if you search in metadata online, that might be the official release date, depending, you know. Um, and it's interesting to look at music historians from a time when we would have thought all of those things were so easily discernible. Yeah. And it really isn't. Like, there's this guy, Dart Adams, he's a big hip-hop historian, and he's always looking at these discrepancies and when things were actually released versus, you know, maybe the deluxe edition came out and that's what Wikipedia thinks is the legit one. So putting stuff internally on TikTok has been a really cool way to to be able to share the music, but also, again, Five years ago, there's no TikTok rollout on anyone's minds because it just doesn't exist. Of course, yeah, yeah. Well, and you're making mm -hmm. it hard for all of us who are nerds about the release dates and wanting to like historically <laughs> yeah. keep track of all this stuff. But no, that is a thing for sure because like I, I follow a lot of websites that that list sort of um on this day in whatever year such and such yeah, exactly and half the time it's wrong like half the time i can go look at the record on my shelf mm -hmm. and it has a different date on it and it's like the, the, because i think there's so many it's on wikipedia it's on discogs it's on this and that and uh, there's it's hard mm -hmm. to kind of get a um concise date on on something and it's even harder now because like you said you know the tiktok release the the, the streaming release the Bandcamp release the physical release it's all it's all different yeah and it's mashed together and so like having like just being aware of that reality gave the opportunity to even play in this field. Cause sure. prior to this release, I was trying to do it more, um, you know, more in a pattern that is familiar. We'll say pushing for the Tuesday instead of the Fridays, which seems to be what the major labels like, but I, I'm sure you can relate with going to CD plus or HMV course, or, yeah, or yeah. wherever else here in Winnipeg on Tuesdays for the thing. So, and then um, never finding it because that was the U S yeah. release date and getting disappointed every time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What kind of man will come to this country? No matter the price, no matter the name, all motels seem to smell the same. Wood panel grain and ghosts of chain smokers. Out the little window types of tokers. Should have brought loafers. Tarot card carryover. The first and second digits. Dark sky, distant rivets. The floor has divots. Left foot pivots. In the pebbled beach down the street. On Highway 17. Rhoda Kenora and the Thunderbird City. I'm doing a buck fifty in a boreal forest. Just kidding, I'm going slower than that. God forbid that I get a flat, uh. I'm in the boreal forest, experiencing some neck soreness. Probably from scanning the view and Instagramming when I stop and have to poo. Forty Cano line with seating for like twenty. Burgundy barbecue sauce interior I'm driving across Lake Superior Burgundy barbecue sauce interior I'm driving across Lake Superior When I hit that provincial park park I love to listen to Julie Dwaron And the wooden stars I'm driving slower than 
most other cars differences I'm getting paid And I doubt they are Lake Superior Down through to the show I'm listening to Picture cards can't picture you Christian lady riding on the number two Big cheeseburgers and a handle of tools Driving hand hereditary from Kelvin Cool Kelvin Cool Yeah, Kelvin Cool No matter the price, no matter the name All hotels seem to smell the same One thing I like about this record too is that you've included the lyrics, which is not something you see often for a hip hop record. I wish I wish it happened mm-hmm. more, but I mean that's a first of all, it's a lot of words <laughs> based on the mm-hmm. the length of the track list and some of the songs again are very dense lyrically as well. What was yeah. the reason behind that? I mean, obviously that adds to the the cost of printing it and all of that crap that you have to mm-hmm. consider when you're putting out, uh, especially a physical uh, copy of an album. Why was it important to you to include the lyrics for these songs? Um, so I'll give the logistical aspect first, just talking sure. about the printing and considering what more that would cost. And you'd be surprised at how how low the amount is for like adding more pages mm-hmm. to the booklet you're going to do. And I just kind of thought, if I'm not going to have lyrics in it, what am I going to have in the booklet? Like I didn't want just a one sheet in there. You know what sure. I mean? I wanted you to have something you could fold through. And then the other aspect is exactly what you were talking about with rap not doing this. And I totally understand certain people's perspectives and withholding their lyrics and and kind of maintaining what mystique or mystery they can. Sure. But for me, I kind of think like I'm proud of these lyrics and I I really think they stand on their own. If someone's just going to open the booklet and read them, I still think that is going to be a worthwhile experience for them compared to maybe previous bands I've had where the lyrics is the last thing we worry about and it's not so much of a focus. But with this, it was, I want to put these out there in the same way as I do put the lyrics on Bandcamp anyways. So if you're going to get the CD, I want you to be able to have that experience of opening it up, looking through these things, and ideally listening along. Like I can remember um, being super into local bands and You'd see them for the first time, you know, and local meaning maybe they're from Winnipeg, maybe they're from Calgary, you know, in in our local scene here. Right. And I would sit with those booklets and I would obsessively learn the lyrics to be able to get the mic thrown to me at the next show or whatever. And there's this one band, the the Ghost Cried Murder, they're called from Calgary, I believe. And um, I I, like obsessively learn the lyrics. Right. And sometimes it's funny because you look back and it's like the, the cadences weren't really conducive for you to learn it at all sometimes especially in heavy music they just kind of get the lyrics out but so the singer in this band had a twin brother and this is their last tour and the twin brother is doing vocals instead of the normal guy and so i'm at the front singing these words and he doesn't know the words (laughs) like i'm 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 filling in the lyrics he's forgetting because i've so obsessively looked at them um so having some of those experiences it's like i've actually precluded myself from even having that happen because i haven't given the people the tools to maybe what they need to obsessively learn my lyrics and come to the show and sing them you know but now they can yeah totally i'm I'm hoping well and and it's like uh, it's, it's interesting too the way you have it laid out because i mean you know lyrics are first of all 
when there's a lot of words, you got to figure out a way to, to fit them all in the, in the book. And I mean, yeah. you know, these are obviously the lines are divided by like a slash at the end of each line, but it is kind of just these dense paragraphs of, of text. Mm-hmm. And kind of like you're saying, it doesn't really give an indication unless you're listening along what the, the rhythm is or what the, the meter is uh, of what you're saying. It's just, it's just, it's just words, right? So it's kind of, um, mm-hmm. and I think that someone has to be really sort of uh, hyper-focused as a listener in order to follow along because it's not like the kind of thing where someone can put it on the background and go off and do something else. If they want to actually, you know, use the lyric book for, for what it's for, they need to sort of mm-hmm. be fully engaged, which is almost a rarity these days for people in music, unfortunately. Yeah. And that's another part of the logistics of printing. It is kind of being like, okay, it doesn't get to be that much to add more pages. So, okay, let's do the eight page booklet. And that's what it is. Um, but then I started to think, cause I would, when I was designing it and stuff, I would grab CDs off my shelf and be like, well, what, what does it look like? How small is the font yeah. or, you know, stuff like that. And, um, realizing that when they had too big of a booklet, they annoyingly get caught on the little tabs. Yeah. It's too thick to and fit not, in the thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So not wanting to space them out in the way that I might, if they were just poems or like the way that they'll, they look on the Bandcamp page. Um, so that's an interesting line to to kind of toe because with this next release I'm working on the physical for the Saskadoomi one with the Ukrainian folk songs, I want them to maintain their stylization a bit more uh, just because they they have the opportunity to. I don't need sure. to cram as much in. Um, so figuring out these different ways of of utilizing this new medium that I've honestly never really worked in that much. I only had one band in 2012 that put out a, a cd that actually was in a jewel case where you could have everything and we did have the lyrics in it but so that's another element of you know thinking of it as a medium where i can present this visual art and i had posy leg did some photography that was in it and trying to give a more full experience because visual art is a huge inspiration to me just as much as music is Sure. No, that makes sense. And I think that's also interesting, that, like talking about the photography in this. Um, nowhere on the actual cover does it say the name of the artist or the name of the album. And and it looks it looks really cool. It's got this, uh, you know, um, taken 20 seconds after Bomb Throne written at the mm-hmm. top. And it's interesting kind of uh, because you're, you know, like we said earlier, this is maybe more accessible musically, a lot of the songs to people, but it's still somewhat obscure, you know, from a, if mm-hmm. you find it on the shelf, it, there's not really an indication of, first of all, what kind of music it is, who the artist is, what the album's even called. I mean, you look at the back, you can see Grammarans and stuff and, and the song yeah. titles, but you know what I mean, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's got this kind of mystery to it, despite also being more accessible. Is that something you did intentionally? Yeah. Um, not, not exactly in that sense. I think, uh, now, now I could say, I'd like to be able to say, yes, I totally <laughs> thought that, but it, it was more so the thing of, okay, I'm working with this physical, the physical is something I'm expecting people to hold and yeah, just turn to the side and it says the title and stuff. Yeah. And there is a bit of a, maybe a dualism with the front to the back where, um, I wanted to have this nature presentation, but that caption is from this photo of these two dead anarchists in Chicago. Um, so I actually like took that off a different photo and put it on this one. Um, so kind of when I can talk about it, there's some influences there and it's just like honeysuckle trees. That's what the photo is. Um, but the back is just totally copied off my favorite Alice Coltrane album, journey in Satchadananda. And so having, to, to someone who is familiar with the stuff that I'm drawing influence from, 
the back might make them think it's a jazz record. Totally. It looks like it. Yeah, you it know? definitely does. Yeah. 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 yeah so I like having that element where I, I said in the last interview, you know, jazz is always a part of it. And it, it doesn't show up so much on this album, aside from there's a couple of jazzier songs. And I did put some sax in there. Yeah. Um, but having having those other ways, again, with the, the physical medium to point to, I don't really take too much actual musical influence from Alice Coltrane. But like I have a song a couple projects ago called Alice Coltrane. I like to point to these people again and again because whether or not the music is discernibly influenced, I still want to make sure people know this is someone who has a big impact on me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I wish, I hope, I wonder, wonder. where you're at sometimes. You're back against the wall or just across the line Have you been standing in the rain Reciting nursery rhymes Trying to recall some long lost kind of peace of mind Some long lost kind of peace of mind Try spending the night sometime All alone in a frozen room Afterneath you've lain you settle in the rain, rain Saddle in the rain. I dreamed that they locked God up down in my basement and waited there for me to have this accident so they could drink my wine and eat me like a sacrament. And I just stood there like I do. Take the strain. 
lyrically, is it more... I don't want to say more serious because it's not that your other ones weren't serious, but you, mm-hmm. it feels like on some of these songs you're dealing with, uh, it's possibly because it's more straightforward, whereas you know the, the previous record was more abstract. But has this given you an opportunity to sort of touch on more topics that you wanted to sort of be more elaborate on? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that was part of, like I said, with the last one, it being a bit more uh, expressive, I would say, and some of it was improvised. Yeah. And so it kind of becomes this thing where maybe not all the components I'd like to have in are there. Um, like Bad Gardening Advice did a really good overview of Grim Aarons. And yeah. they did this section where they listed all the musicians I named. They listed all the vehicles I named and things like that, where that is a real fundamental aspect of wanting to put these things like an I Spy book, where I want to say Joel Plaskett and Thrush Hermit because I really like Thrush Hermit. And so if someone out there just happens to hear that part, it might give them that little extra thing to say, oh, well, this person is familiar with this. And the Thrush Hermit records, while maybe poppy sometimes, they're not polished affairs. Right. And so you can sometimes point to these other things that are not necessarily subject matter per se, but they are, you know, iconography is really the way I'm thinking of it. And at the same time, yeah, I have a whole song that's about driving. Driving is a, a big part of my experience. I used to do a job where I drove around. My dad is a truck driver. So car culture is really something that's embedded kind of throughout the album um, in a way in which maybe in Royal Visit, I, I think I talk about cars. Um, I, I mentioned an auto shop in the one song. Yeah. Um, but it is more by chance that that happened on that record. Whereas this one, those things are happening with total intention and I also, for the first time, had songs that were on the record at a certain point in time, and then they were taken out for maybe not necessarily fitting it. And you said, like, maybe not necessarily more serious, but it, if you looked at those songs, they were a lot less serious, and okay, that was okay. what made them what made them not fit as much. Well, I was just thinking maybe serious isn't the works. I, 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 it suggests that the previous songs on, on the other album weren't serious. I mean, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. I guess focused maybe is, is maybe a better way focused on topical focused, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But yeah, the serious thing also does resonate where I do think, yeah, I think left lane Larry is silly. Um, but at the same time doing like a cover of a John Prine song in the time where he was one of the big artists that died during COVID. Sure. And he's someone, he's someone that I've listened to a lot while doing that driving job. Like I got into John Prine because I, every year I'd pick a new song, singer songwriter to get into. And a lot of those people show up, uh, whether it's Lucinda Williams or Blaze Foley or yeah, John Prine. And so I think John Prine is a really good example of an influence where you would never say he's an unserious artist, no, but he makes you, he makes you laugh a lot. And he points to the absurdity of life. And he always seemed to have, a chuckle ready to come out of him as much as, yeah, he's singing a song that might bring you to your knees. Well, and that's an interesting reference as well, in the sense that you wouldn't necessarily think someone like John Prine is going to influence a hip-hop record. But mm-hmm. it's, again, one of those sort of touch points where people who maybe are fans of John Prine can can hear even even the slight reference in there, and it's like, oh, we, we have something in, in common. This is I need to listen to this deeper, or I need to give this more of my mm-hmm. time to find out, you know, what is the connection between this artist that I like and this artist I'm hearing for the first time, or or, or whatever. Right? Yeah, totally. And and playing with covers like that is is really fun in hip hop because it makes you, it gives you something to, 
Like it takes away the control of the lyrics, which is the thing you, you mostly have control of. And yeah. it's like, how can I craft a vibe for this song? And it doesn't sound anything like the Saddle in the Rain version that he does. There's a live one on YouTube that I particularly love. That's that's like really rocking. Um, but it's something I've done before in the past, like me and Kaylee Aquanaut, he did a Gordon Lightfoot cover on our last project. I, I covered a Blaze Foley song before. So putting these things in there to specifically point to like country and folk and even the blues, these genres where it is really accepted that you you inhabit other people's songs for a certain point in time. And it gets talked about a lot more and more within rap where it actually would be it would make no sense to cover most other rap songs because it's such a personal first sure. person perspective genre. So figuring out places where you can do that. And there is other John Prine songs where him saying like, I got fired for being scared of bees. That might be a lot different if I'm saying that versus, you know, maybe I relate with, I think in saddle in the rain, he's talking about addiction and, sure. and drinking and driving. That's how I interpret it at least. So trying to put my own interpretation within my own experience of that music and, there's going to be people who hear that song and probably never hear John Prine in their whole life, and maybe don't even realize exciting. that you're don't even realize you're covering it because they haven't bothered to mm -hmm. look at the uh, <laughs> the information on the on the record. Yeah, if you're only if you're only listening on streaming, then you might not go that far to to figure that out. Yeah, well, I, I like what you're saying there too, especially for prairie rap because I think a lot of those uh, artists. I mean, you know, obviously John Prine is not from here, but uh, you mm -hmm. know, folk and country and singer songwriter stuff. It's always been such a huge part of the culture in this part of Canada, and I think that most people, whether they're into whether they're in punk bands or or, or the country artists or the rappers or whatever they are, they have had some element of that sort of embedded in in their psyche growing up because they've heard it so much it's, it's been around right like that kind of music mm -hmm. uh, even someone like gordon lightfoot again not necessarily from here but that that everyone's grandparents have that record you know what i mean so it's, mm -hmm. it's it, it makes sense that those are the records that are being covered or referred to or sampled from by people in, in the prairies because that's kind of the the organic music that that, that people have created and, and loved and grown up with which makes more sense mm -hmm. than someone going to you know sampling something from new york because of course you can they're covering something but it's not sort of your own it's mm -hmm. so that, that, it's nice to see that kind of stuff because it does connect sort of uh different styles of music just based on the continuum of uh, i don't know being a prairie person i guess yeah well and that goes back to some of those artists i was talking about like the the forefathers to this scene or whatever where those were the records on the shelves. Yeah. You're you're going to find a Joni Mitchell before you find some cool Ethiopian jazz. For sure. For <laughs> that sure. is just the case. And of course now, you know, we've got stores that are bringing in shipments from elsewhere in the world and, and it is becoming a bit more diverse, but it still kind of is the same reality. Like I, I don't really go to the normal record stores, but I'll always go to Value Village. Um, and anything that's Ukrainian or anything that's from the prairies, I'll almost always pick up. Yeah. But the catch with a lot of that stuff is, at least for my production style, is I find it's very hard to actually sample the music. Like, when you have an acoustic guitar playing chords, that is harder to manipulate than, you know, a drum break where the sounds are more straight up. So trying to find some of those pieces where they can fit. Um, I don't really like the sample snitch, but there is, like, the one song ends with a little Ian Tyson part where I'm like, I really like this. This is cool, but it's not enough to make a full beat. But let me use these little parts to put a little transition in yeah. and also give a nod to that person that 
maybe at the live show I can shout him out a bit more or something like that. And again, another artist that in the last little while has passed away. And, and that happened after, after that was done for me. Um, so it is thinking of that kind of zeitgeist and we're, we're throwing these names out there, but Ian Tyson is a really good example of someone who is from this place and yeah. has that kind of, he's situated himself in another influence of mine, Corb Lund. Sure, um, yeah. I, I've seen them together to see how that generational connection can work in a genre like country. And I feel like I'm, you know, whether it's, yeah, working with Kaylee Aquanaut or, or playing a show with Chaps or something like that, trying to do those same things in a genre that maybe doesn't get as much of the spotlight, but still is just as meaningful to me, like to be able to put out music with someone like the gumshoe strut. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really, really cool to me. And I see the same thing. And yeah, in a, uh, Ian Tyson playing with the Corblund or, or Corblund playing with Coulter wall. And it's interesting how these generations kind of mix and mingle where, um, it's weird to me to see someone who's younger than me opening for Corblund, but, um, it makes sense also. It's, it's, he's earned that spot. Rank talker, plank walker, cause I'll never sit pretty on a sinking ship, fabricated candlesticks and spun yarns, driving past nearly toppled barns and towns called Theodore T-Bow. Got the goalie gold, coley soul, grew up screaming, I am rock and roll. Forget what I said in the interview. I can't speak French as good as you. Say ne parlez pas, vous. Say ne parlez pas, vous. Bienvenue. Scratching fresh bench paint. Gorgeous Great Lakes in my last province. We made it there, but the last few steps were hobbled. Some guy you knew also cobbled shoes wanted to fuck in the church pews dust all over the charleston chew what would judas do in greg's grocery getting those one dollar slurpees turpentines and sardines for dinner eagle formation spinner ribs for supper i'm the turkey cutter no lampoon hat for a lamp shade 10th grade saskatoon in my 96 escort wagon over the train tracks to Fairhaven, my little sister still goes to Craven. We should do something about that, not just making extra-nuclear bombs when we don't even need them at all. Men scattered on a field yields page turns and clicks. Editor earns a bonus, onus on the viewer. Body spread in the sewer, bomb blast couldn't have been newer. Ears still tingle, hard to grasp like the last Pringle. Staged war photographs, dark room gets the last laugh. Anthropologists stole voices for the phonograph. Phonies get smacked, war ponies on the wrong racetrack. Double back to the barracks, slink around like ferrets. Guard tower vision, bareness, spatial awareness with pin drop hearing. Scattered bodies in the clearing While bullet holes ripped apart Cujo face mask ripped off by Wendell Clark The dogs kept barking in the night Coyote howls but it's nowhere in sight Stars scattered above the clearing Orange glow dawn is nearing Front page gore should cure it I mean it's not like the 
Balkans were really ever part of Europe. Check, 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 check. Kids, well, men. These dead are supremely uninterested in the living, in those who took their lives, in witnesses, and in us. Staged war photographs, dark room gets the last laugh. We, this we is everyone who has never experienced anything like what they went through. We don't understand. We don't get it. We truly can't imagine what it was like. We can't imagine how dreadful, how terrifying war is and how normal it becomes. I think that happens in every genre, too. I mean, if you look at punk bands in Winnipeg, yeah. the, the number of local punk bands that have grown up idolizing propaganda and then have had you know members of that band producing records for them or they've opened for them at a show mm-hmm. or whatever, there's definitely that that, that kind of yeah generational thing where it's uh, you know some 20-year-old kid um, heard propaganda for the first time two years ago and, and then suddenly they're opening for them uh, at the Park Theatre or something and it's just this, this, mm-hmm. this cool... Um, yeah, experience of, of everyone shares the same cultural things despite generation gaps and stuff. Yeah, or, or they open from them and that's where they hear them. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, it, it, some purist somewhere is so offended by that, but the, like that's the beauty of music. And and losing kind of the, the touring circuits that we used to have, you're more likely to have that experience with a band from the same city as you, where before it might've been, you know, someone from Florida or someone from North Dakota or yeah, someone from Newfoundland, but there's maybe a bit more of a local experience to be had these days than a kind of international or, or national one. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to see that too. As someone who obsesses over local music, I like, <laughs> I like seeing that. Yeah. Um, if someone is new to your music or, or hearing you for the first time on the show, what's the best way for them to find out what you're up to as far as, you know, potential uh, future live shows and just hearing your music in general? Well, whatever social media is your favorite, I'm, I'm probably on it. I'm not on threads, but Instagram, Twitter, uh, I am on TikTok. Um, I've uh, TikTok has been, Incredible. It's funny. I, I listened to some of our last interview and, and I was saying to you, TikTok's it's pretty interesting and you weren't on it yet, but I see you on it now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I've really, yeah, you're very active listeners. on there. Yeah. It, it's a, yeah, I could talk about TikTok all day, but Bandcamp is the best place to keep up with my particular music. Um, and also Bandcamp has show listings as well. So um, if people want to get the whole kit and caboodle there or um, Instagram, We'll have, you know, I just announced a show in Saskatoon for August 12th with a poster in my story. So, um, yeah, where, wherever you're most comfortable. And then uh, the streaming sites as well, Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer. Uh, I think that's only in France is Deezer. I'm not sure. I don't know. There's a million of them. I don't, I don't use any of them, so I don't yeah. even know. But there's lots of them. Um, so as far as the uh, the physical copies with the lyric book and everything, I assume the best place to buy those is either Bandcamp or at shows? Yeah, band camber shows. Yeah, you're exactly right. And I just got a new order of shirts as well. So you can pick those up on Bandcamp or again, they'll be at the merch table while supplies last. Rap journalist, rap journalist, subservient to the internet. At least these days, right now in my day, focused on the clicks, focused on the hits. Rap journalist, give the album a 10. 
Yo, I listened to it again and again But it just dropped a day ago, though Oh, but it's your favorite of the trio He noticed he passed it Rap journalist, wanna ask it uh, You know the type of question Now tell me if I'm getting this wrong Goes on to explain a super literal lyric in the song Just to say, huh, it's the same page that we on They see the house for the lawn in any water feature Rap journalists, they see it on the bleachers Doesn't know how to pronounce Fanon But wants to ask a black rapper about everything that's going on Rap journalist, subservient to criticism, cynicism requirement. I know you ain't trying it, huh? I know you ain't trying it, huh? I know you ain't trying it. Sample snitcher, get the knuckle stitcher. I'm a fixture in the bigger picture. I know you ain't trying it Sample snitcher, get the knuckle stitcher I'm a fixture in the bigger picture In the bigger fucking picture Check, 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 check Put that on your website 